Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Justin Romek. Justin went to Wichita State University where he bowled four years and was an All-American. He also won the MVP at the Collegiate Nationals. Back in high school, he won the Coca-Cola National Junior Championships when he was a freshman. And uh, Justin has three career PBA titles. Justin Timberg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, glad to be here, man. This is going uh, to be fun. It's been a while since I've done an interview. I'm kind of a, on the... Uh downhill swing in my career so i'm kind of out of the uh, interviewing mode oh well you know we thought we'd... i don't know about i don't know about downhill swing though you something about a timeless and 300 and 800 and et cetera, et cetera. it doesn't sound very down to me well i get lucky every now and then still and i've actually had quite a few arms for this year so an old guy I just turned 50 a couple of weeks ago so it just every oh. time i shoot an honor score it still feels good well, speaking of that, then I guess the first question should be PBA fifty. I mean, you could could head on out there and try try your luck. You know, I'll I probably will do some of those. My my son Jared has been on me so much because when I quit tour, he was you know pretty young. I think he was about six, and he has been on me to go bowl some because he he sees me bowling good in leagues and the tournaments and stuff like that. I said, yeah, it's a whole different deal bowling against those young guys, but the PBA fifty has a possibility. There's one thing uh, about going on the PBA 50, though. That's going to cause some havoc for Amleto Monticelli because he prides himself in being the fittest guy out there and just about the fittest bowler. I know you're going to give him a run for his money there. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't go on a run with him, but if he wants to go in the weight room, we can do that. But that guy runs for days. Yeah, I don't know if I would take him out on the track. But maybe if he wanted to race me for about 75 yards, I mean, past that, he can have it. Yeah, so let's talk about that. I mean, you were, you know, Coca-Cola Junior National Champion in high school, and you made the choice to go and bowl in college as opposed to trying your luck right out on tour. What led to that decision? Oh, I, I think just being here in town, you know, it was a natural progression. You know, Wichita State, you know, time had the best program. And it was um, well, something you look forward to doing as a as the next level. And... um I don't know. It was kind of like I say for me, it was an easy decision. Gordon had watched me for quite a, you know, quite a few years growing up, and I watched those guys all bowl, Mark Lewis and and uh, Mark Jensen, Gordon Vatican, all through here, and pretty easy decision for me to do it. And and tell us about you were a national uh, collegiate national champion there, but uh, maybe talk just a little bit about. Uh, you know, there may be some people, younger uh, people listening to this podcast, that are on the fence about should I, should I not, you know, compete in in college was it is it a good experience what are some challenges with it what what do you what do you take away from your experience there at wichita state i mean i, I think it's a to me one of the easiest decisions to make now it's you know, the tour was a completely different tour back then there was a lot more of a draw to go do it now the tour is a little bit different a little different animal now i think if you don't go to college i think you're really really hurting yourself it's i think it's probably the, the best decision to make. Obviously, it's not just saying I go to school and get an education, but I just think it, it's such a good learning ground now compared to what it used to be. We used to bowl on house shots. Now, they bowl on all the things that the pros are bowling on. And some 
sometimes even tougher. So you just gain so much experience, not just the, the schooling, but the bowling part. It's just, there's no other way to go. Yeah, so talk about that 1987 National Championship team. You know, I'm looking at it now. It was yourself, Rick Steelsmith, um, Chip Akee, Dan Nadu, George Thomas. Um, what sticks out as far as, uh, you know, that year and that just what made that year that special? Uh, it's, you know, it's uh, obviously a different group. You know, George Thomas and I, um, we were both Wichita kids. You know, Rick was just down the road in Manhattan. And actually, he came from Vincennes after two year two years there at Vincennes, and um, that was Rick's. I believe that was Rick's last year, which was my second year. And we didn't win it, you know, Rick's first year there at Wichita State, and we had a really good team in at that time too. But um, getting Dan Nadu there from from Vegas really really helped us out, you know, as a strengthening the the team that year, but what a great experience just to get to bowl with those guys. And, and you got to be pretty lucky in my opinion to actually win one of those tournaments. Yeah, there's definitely some luck involved. It's not all just skilled stuff has to come together and, uh, and, and stuff has to happen at the right time and yeah, in the right place. We or, had a great time though. Great time bowling with each other. It was, um, I think looking back at all that stuff, I just, Looking back, the relationships and people we met and the things we did through that time, I, I, I would not have been as satisfied with my career had I bypassed that and went right to the tour. And what now? Your your son Jared competes at Wichita State University. He's a shocker now, which has got to be pretty cool for you to watch and see, um, and watch him compete and kind of see like, you know, just to see your son there competing. What's the difference uh, between you know the competitions now? I, uh, compared to when, 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 really, when you and I were bowling. Yeah, the, the main thing I see is obviously there's different conditions are bowling on now. I mean, mm-hmm. way tougher conditions. I mean, when they toughen them up for us, um, it was still a predictable type tough. You know, it it hooked when you pulled it and it slid when you threw it right. Mm-hmm. Now I think there's so many more tricks you have to do to get the ball in the pocket, and um, I say the conditions I think overall are much harder. And the level of competition throughout is way better. I'm amazed when I go to these tournaments, you know, how many good teams are there. So I think kids are getting better coaching and exposed to more stuff at an earlier age than they ever have been. That's probably the biggest difference from when I bowled to where it is now. Although it does seem like we've had a... a I'm proud of my son, though. It's a tough transition. <laughs> we have seen like it seems like a a, um, a revitalization you could say of urethane which goes back to back to your day so what do you think really that is and why why are you seeing a lot of those the younger folks out there nowadays you know really kind of gravitating towards that urethane equipment and um and using it and having success with it as well i think with the urethane is is a tool to keep the ball in play you know the, my my goal and still is you know on tougher conditions your first goal is to get the ball in the pocket first and then try to find out how to, you know, figure out how to strike after that. I think the resin balls are almost always going to outstrike the urethane, but if you can't get it to the pocket, then they're going to get it. So what I see with the urethane craze is, you know, it's, it's like stepping back in time. You know, we use those, that's all we had, but they use them now to, to control the break point more. You know, they're not looking for the dynamic back end of some of these really strong balls, and it, it just kind of lets them use a little more field, you know, they can soften up, they can, they can do different things with their angles to try to get the ball in the pocket. 
I just I don't know if uh, most of the ones I've seen, it's been the guys that hook it quite a bit to try to calm the lane down. There are guys that still use a urethane they only go straight, mainly on a short pattern. It's a useful tool, no doubt. Yeah, I think the last time we saw each other, Justin, I think it was at the Junior Gold, I think it was last summer. And there was definitely some urethane going down the lane there. It seemed like there was always a maybe a little bit on a lot of those patterns, a little shot out, you know, a little to the outside if you can play a little bit more direct. Um, and, and I know sometimes, uh, you know, uh, on those sport conditions, when you miss a little bit to the inside with the reactive, I mean, that ball just takes off. Yeah, you're, you're gaining something at the same time you're giving something up. You may not get as much recovery with the urethane, but you sure are gaining that that area just left of your target that doesn't want to jump. So, um, you know, it's if you can get the ball in the right part of the lane, you can strike, I think, with just about anything. You know, when they start adding the oil to the lane and the volume goes higher and the links get longer, you've almost got to, you know, you're forced to do the resin. But, uh, I mean, I've, I've been watching Norm Duke and those guys like that at the corner just kill them, you know, with plastic balls and stuff. So you can strike. You know, if you get your angles and speed right with about anything. So, Justin, I also want to talk about your career on tour, I guess, just kind of going through the season, you know, looked like you had a, a very solid 2004, 2005 season. After that, did you just decide, I guess, what led to your, um, you coming back home off the tour, I guess? Was there, was it family or what really led to that decision? Uh, it, it was a couple of things. I mean, it was, you know, we didn't, at that time, they weren't really sure what was going on with the tour. Um, the stage of my life, my youngest was two years old and my oldest was six years old. And I wasn't mentally in it enough to be the guys that wanted to be out there every day like I was when I first started. Um, and you, if you're going to be out there, you have to want to be everybody. You can't go out there just doing it just for fun. You have to be, you know, wanting to go out there and just beat up on everybody. And I think mentally I wasn't there, but um, a big part of that is I wanted to be home. You know, I wasn't as effective as I was my first start, you know, and just a big part of that was, like you say, just not wanting to be out there and doing the grind all the time. So, but I had a lot of fun going home, coaching my kids, though. That was kind of what I wanted to do, and I want to go home and coach them in their sports and, and not miss out on all that. And you worked for, for many years there at, uh, at a T-Bird, just right down the street from Seneca where you're at and closed up for a little bit. What was that? Uh, how's Wichita handling that loss? That was quite a big bowling center, very popular for a lot of people. Yeah, that was, that was a tough, tough thing for a lot of people going through that. You know, it was a, a landmark and it was home to a lot of people. So, the, you know, just, um, you just got to relocate. And a lot of people, they never bowled anywhere but there. So, you know, if you're at home listening, just imagine your favorite bowling center just closing down. Mm-hmm. And you're forced to go somewhere. Your teammates disperse. You know, they all go whether, you know, wherever the bowling center is is closest to them. So um, teams are split up. You know, friendships, you know, kind of got separated. But it was, yeah, it was a tough deal. You know, pretty tough deal. Hey, Justin, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up 
um, what's going on with the USBC Open Championships right now taking on in Vegas. You know, there's been a lot of changes to the tournament from, you know, way back when it was, the, you know, the ABC back when when you were bowling it, you know, in the 80s and 90s even. Um, but just talk about your thoughts on some of the changes that have been made. And, you know, this last, you know, last couple of weeks, we've had had some issues with some average verification going on and and um, and all that sort of stuff from folks. Um, but just talk about what what you're seeing and what your thoughts are on, on creating that third division to, you know, to really help that bowler in the USBC's opinion, who's in that, you know, that kind of middle stage at low 200 average who doesn't feel he can compete with the guys in the 220s and 230s, but isn't classified. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, for the longevity of the tournament, it probably has to be done. I mean, you've got, there's a big, a big division between that 205 to, you know, even 220. Now guys are averaging 240. I mean, so there's, there's, there's big gaps in there. I don't know what the answers are, but something had to be done, you know, to make it a little more fair for everybody. Um, I don't blame them. It broke up my team. You know, we got, we had a, a group of what I would call older guys, you know, it's guys that hadn't bowled on tour for years and we bowl three games a week, but I mean, it was kind of sad not to, for me to not get with my team and keep it together. But, you know, I understand why they, you know, why they made the changes. And, you know, they probably had to be done. I yeah. think it's going to be, hopefully that tournament will build because of that. So it should have a little more equity in it now. And, and what are you doing about your team then? What, what are your plans for, for this year then, if your team was, uh, was split up? Well, we, we split up and, uh, you know, it was kind of, just kind of disbelief and anger. It took us so long to get get our schedules together when we could all do this. Mm-hmm. And um, so now I'm going to be bowling with my, uh, and I wanted to bowl with my son. So now it came, you know, this is the time to do it. So I'm bowling with my son, uh, Jeff Jensen, who used to work the tournament. I don't know uh, if he still works the tournament or not, but uh, him and Jason Toth, another kid from Wichita here, and, and another guy that I haven't met. So it's going to be a different year for us. <laughs> well, the four bowlers that you named off are very, very highly accomplished players. So <laughs> you've got four out of five. You've got a really strong team. Yeah, we're going to have fun. You know, that's the whole thing about that tournament. Me was always to have fun. You know, if you bowled well, you know, that's a bonus. The, the thing about that tournament, people always bowled at it. You know, they bowled with their friends and, and the group they bowled with for years. So it was, you know, a vacation for a lot of people. You know, it's. And that's uh, I want to keep it fun and still keep doing it that way. And it's just going to be a, a lot of fun to get the ball my phone. Absolutely. Yeah, do you think that's something maybe that they could take a look at and explore? Because you're not the first person who's told us that the, their team had to get broken up. And it wasn't – it was people that had won events, won titles – but it won them, you know, how many years ago and weren't even competing actively on the tour. I wonder if there's a way to maybe say, uh, you know, after you've not been on tour for X amount of years, I, I don't know. If, I don't want to say that rule would go away if it would be almost on a case-by-case basis or if there's something, you know, because the team that comes to mind is the 11th frame guys that all had, you know, that had to disband as well and find a new bowler. Um, but just uh, what your thoughts are, if that would maybe be a way to help kind of what you guys are doing, or actually, I think maybe, I'm trying to correct myself now, I think maybe even in that situation, Jeff Riggles dropped his tour card, is what how they may have went around, you know, may have remedied that, which is another tough decision for a guy who likes bowling a lot of PBA events. So you think, is that maybe a way that they can kind of keep everyone happy? Because you kind of see what they're going for, but then your team and some other teams end up being kind of on the unintended consequences list of that sort of event. 
Yeah, to me, there weren't that many guys that have titles. You know, you're affecting a very small group with what they did. You know, my title, my last title was 21 years ago. Mm. You know, and I don't bowl. I bowl three games a week. You know, it's not like a, you know, you got, you got some really good players who at the time didn't have cards. Matt McNeil, you know, he won that thing, what three times? Yeah, yeah. All that. So I mean, you got a guy like that. I think he's a, a bigger threat. You know, than a guy like me. You know, it's. Um, so I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that they take and choose, but you look at who that. I mean, how many title holders are there that are stacked on the team? I just didn't. That's the only thing I didn't have a. I had a problem with. You know, was the uh, like you say the the title holders and guys that just happened to get a card. You know, there's a lot of good bowlers who easily could have a TBA card. You know, just don't do it. But just because you purchase that car doesn't ask you know, that shit exempt you or you know, exclude you. From, you know. Yeah, there were a lot of professional mm-hmm. amateurs for, for years bowling the high rollers that had made six figures for, for many a years. Right, yeah. yeah I mean, they, any one of them could have carried, you know, carried a card and bowled in tour events and done well. So yeah. that, to me, that is not a criteria to exclude someone. Awesome. Well, hey, we want to let you get rolling. I know. Speaking of your your three games a week, I know that's coming up here shortly. So we don't want to we don't want to cause you to be late for league and have your teammates to give you grief and maybe make you you know make you buy them a drink or something crazy like that. So we'll let you run here, Justin. But it was hey, great no catching one, up hey, with man. you. <laughs> and I, I also he- I really yeah, and I also hear you're 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 beating up on some people that way. You're winning some doubles events with uh, Tiffany Morris, who helps you out on some uh, some social media. So you guys are. Just uh, kicking butt back there, it sounds like. Well, I got, you know, it's been kind of a fun year for me because I, uh, well, I laid off all summer, about four months. My first three league nights, I had four 300s and two 800s <laughs> in the first three weeks, you know. Wow. I just, uh, and then I, I drilled the um, the coat black and took it to Tulsa. My first three games with it was 815 in singles, and I went in all events with that ball, and then in that doubles tournament with Tiffany, her partner had a little mishap. And uh, she asked me like the Tuesday before that and went there and we won that thing. So it's been <laughs> it's been pretty uh, pretty good for me so far this year. I just need to bowl more tournaments, it sounds like. Proof that it does, uh, you know, some time spent in the gym is time well spent. <laughs> it's all residual. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it looks like actually I, I'm just quickly here glancing over um, something Jeff Riggles had put together. So they actually they Jeff did have to drop his card, and they did have to still do some switching of teammates and and move some folks around. So that was the deal with that, which we had just kind of chatted about a few minutes ago. So just want to make sure we're we're correct on that and stating that accurately that there's you know people from those guys were affected, but. But um, Justin, all the best of luck when you're out there. I'm sure you know we're we're still going to see you guys. Like Steve was saying, you're still going with a great group of guys, and and it is it is all in to have fun. You know that's a good thing. If we score, that's great. But it's also just the, the camaraderie and just uh, the team bowling atmosphere and having yeah, fun with everyone. Not many not many guys get to go there with their son, you know, have a chance, you know, if they get hot to win an event, you know. So I'm, that kind of you know it's pretty uh, I mean, pretty fun for me just to go there with a the chance to have a chance to win, you know. Event, so that's our goal anyway. 